Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to The Haunted Estate, the ultimate paranormal podcast with your host, Selena Myers. From ghost stories and haunted history to the darkest sides of our reality, we hope you enjoy your stay on The Haunted Estate. But don't get too comfortable. Our ghosts haunt more than just these hallways. Well, hello and welcome back, my spooky little creatures. I hope you are having a wonderful start to your September. We all know what the beginning of September means. Pumpkin, spice, everything. And also all of the Paranormal Spooky Podcast releasing more Halloween-themed episodes to fill the need and fill the void that summer has left inside of us. Anyways, guys, if you saw the title, then you know what is up. Contest time. For the past three years, I have worked at a spectacular haunt, and I don't say that just because I'm biased. Literally, they are the number one haunt in all of North America. I'm not kidding. Uh, They may be humble, but it is the best. We all know that I've been to every single haunted attraction that there is in a reachable distance for me that I don't have to take a plane or a boat to get to, and Fear Farm really is one to change the game. They have a brand new haunt this year which is the visitors and they have given us a great chance for you guys to win some tickets for opening weekend this year so let me tell you a little bit more about fear farm so john and megan are the amazing owners and they have put their heart and soul into every inch of this place snyder's farm by day fear farm by night it will change your life. Come and build some memories. There are so many different attractions. We have the classic hayride. We have Hillbilly Hike, which is a cornfield. Stocking Dead, another corn maze. We have Carnival, which is a super spooky uh clown-themed circus. Um, You know, clowns, scary. We also have Hiller House, which is... Oh, I could live in Hiller House. It's like this amazing kind of American horror story feeling-esque haunted house. And then their brand new haunt, which they have put their blood, sweat, tears, and everything into this year, which is The Visitors. Now, there's a lot that has changed this year. There's Pick Your Night. There's all this kind of stuff. If you guys don't want to win, like if you don't win the contest or if you don't want to enter the contest because you're a person like me who never thinks that they win, um, make sure to check out fearfarm.ca. Also, you can pick up a fast pass to skip the lines this year. Now, guys, if you do want to win these tickets, I have three sets of four tickets to be won. And now this is simple. You guys know this. I want you to write in or email in your story for the chance to win. 
Fear Farm is located at 93665 Blenheim Road, Bright, Ontario. That is just outside of Kitchener. Um, it's around Plattsville, Roseville, New Dundee, that area there. But we have people come from so far because it truly is the best haunt that you're going to find. On top of having all these amazing haunts, we going to talk about what I like most, which is the food, guys. This year, brand new, there's the grilled cheesery. They actually have a Thanksgiving grilled cheese, which is like cheese, ham, stuffing, like guys, need I go on. There also is the bakery, the candy barn. We have a poutine truck. Like it goes on and on and I just can't stop praising because it really is, you know, it's my Disney world. It's the most magical place on earth. So guys, make sure to check that out. We have people coming from Kingston. We have people coming from Michigan, Toronto. They have had so many calls because this is the year you do not want to miss this. So guys, get your stories into me. I'm going to be choosing people all next week. I'm going to be putting out three shows with your stories, letting you know who is winning. So if you want to get it in, chances are always pretty good. You can email your story to selena at thehauntedestate.com or send it in via our website www.thehauntedestate.com last but not least you can also send in via facebook which is the haunted estate just search it or you know if you want to get even deeper than that we got instagram the haunted estate dm me it'll be cool so guys to start off this show i thought that it was time to kick it off with something halloweeny because i can feel it in my bones it's coming around the corner it's gonna be here before you know it. So tonight, I thought we would go dark and talk about some horrifying murders that happened on Halloween. This is a list of the 15 most horrible crimes that have occurred on Halloween. While the vast majority of Halloween's scary stories are about razor blades and apples or poisoned candy are either urban legends or moral panics, one story, unfortunately, is completely true, and it had nothing to do with a demented stranger randomly killing children. Eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien had a packet of pixie sticks given to him by his father, Ronald, to cap off his trick-or-treating. He almost immediately went into convulsions and died an hour later. The death sent the O'Brien's small Texas town into panic, and the police determined that the pixie stick that Timothy ate was laced with cyanide. When Ronald's story kept changing, the police began investigating him. They found him to be deeply in debt, and he had taken out a massive life insurance policies on his children. Police found that the other O'Brien children had also been given candy by their dad, but hadn't eaten them. Ronald O'Brien was found guilty of murder and sentenced to death. He was executed in 1984. The murders of Leslie Mazzara and Adrian Insogna. Late on Halloween night 2004, roommates Leslie Mazzara, Adrian Insogna, and Lauren Minza were off to bed after handing out candy. Minza was woken up at 1 a.m. by the sounds of a scuffle. Not knowing what was happening, she ran in terror from the house and hid in the backyard. 
watching an assailant climb out of a window, then the coast was clear. She ran back upstairs and found both of her roommates butchered. In the course of the investigation, FBI agents found cigarette butts near the crime scene. The blood matched evidence inside the house, but found no known matches in the DNA database. Officers and FBI agents spoke to nearly 1,500 persons of interest during the investigation of the double murder, including one of Insagna's friends, Lily Pudraholm. Her husband, Eric Koppel, became a person of extreme interest during the investigation when he refused to give a DNA sample to exclude him from the suspect pool. Nearly a year after the commission of the crime, Koppel turned himself in and confessed to the deaths of his wife's friends, giving no motive for the execution of his crime. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In the nature of the murders, it wasn't heinous enough to consider the fact that Copel was, at the time, one of the murders. He was engaged to one of the victims and carried on with the wedding, thinking that this crimes would not be tied to him. This quote from Adrian and Sagna's mother. Arlene Allen gives a chilling insight into the murderer who thought he got away with it. You are the man who is so cruel as to invite me, the mother of the woman you murdered, to stand up for you at your wedding, to read scripture to you of love and death, and to bless your union. Throughout that weekend, you brought me into your heart of your family knowing all the while it was you who destroyed mine. Lisk Family Murders On Halloween 2010, Ohio teenager Devin Griffin returned home from Sunday church services to find the corpses of his brother Derek, mother Susan, and Shauna's new husband, William Lisk, The killer had bludgeoned Derek with a claw hammer, shot William five times with a twenty-two caliber pistol, and raped Susan before shooting her three times. Devin was so traumatized, he could only say it was something out of a haunted house. The killer was found to be William Lisk's son from a previous marriage. 
William Lisk Jr., who had a history of schizophrenia and violence. Lisk was picked up at a halfway house and pleaded guilty to all three murders. He committed suicide in prison in 2015. Murder of Tony Bagley Seven-year-old Las Vegas boy Tony Bagley went trick-or-treating on Halloween night in 1994 with his sister, aunt, and mother. They were walking down the street when a man in a hoodie ran towards them with a gun and opened fire, killing Tony. He then jumped into a waiting car and drove away. The killer has never been caught, and police speculate that the shooting was revenge against Tony's father for a drug deal gone wrong. The murder of Carl Jackson. Bronx resident Carl Jackson was a 21-year-old data entry clerk at Morgan Stanley. On Halloween night, 1998, Jackson went with his girlfriend to pick up her young son from a party. While there, some teenagers threw eggs at the car. But the classic Halloween prank soon turned really ugly. Jackson got out of his car, exchanged words with the throwers, and got back in the car. Then one of the teens pulled a gun and shot Jackson through the head killing him instantly. Police arrested 17-year-old Curtis Sterling for the murder, and then New York cracked down on egg-throwing pranks. The Woodbridge Abductions In 2009, three teenage girls were abducted by a man with a gun on their way home from trick-or-treating in Woodbridge, Virginia. All three were taken at gunpoint to a wooded area, and two were sexually assaulted. The third girl was able to call her mother, causing the rapist to flee. Two years later, police arrested Aaron Thomas, who was already suspected in dozens of sexual assaults from 1997 until then. Thomas pleaded guilty in 2012 to the three kidnappings. The Death of Yoshiro Hattori Yoshiro Hattori was a Japanese exchange student living in Baton Rouge as a part of the American Field Service Program. On Halloween night, 1992, Hitori, the young son and the young son of his host family, went to a Halloween party for AFS students. Unfamiliar with the neighborhood or where the party was, the boys rang the doorbell at the wrong house. When they got no answer, they started walking back to the car. The owner of the home Rodney Pierce then opened the door armed with a 44 Magnum revolver. Hitori turned around and said, We're here for the party. Claiming he feared for his life, 
and the exchange student was scary. Pierce shot Hattori at point-blank range, hitting him in the chest and killing him. Pierce and his wife went back into their house and waited 40 minutes for the police, who questioned him and let him go. Only when both the governor of Louisiana and the Japanese consulate got involved was Pierce actually arrested, after which he was acquitted of manslaughter. The Murders of Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman Sometimes, Sometime in the early hours of 1981 Halloween night, Manhattan couple Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman were murdered in their Chelsea apartment. The couple was severely beaten before being shot in the head, execution style with the apartment completely ransacked. New York police initially believed drug money to be the motive, but then the case took a turn for the bizarre. A prison informant claimed that one of his fellow inmates had predicted the crime weeks before it actually happened. That inmate turned out to be the son of Sam, killer David Berkowitz. Berkowitz had long been rumored to be involved with a satanic cult that helped him with some of the murders. According to the informant, Berkowitz had told him that this cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village on Halloween to carry out a ritual murder. When questioned, Berkowitz claimed that Sisman had footage of one of the Sons of Sam shootings and was planning to hand it over to the authorities in exchange for dropping some drug charges. While no evidence was found to support Berkowitz's claims, he was basically right about the description of Sisman's apartment. The killings are still considered unsolved. Pasadena Gang Shootings On Halloween night, 1993, a group of five Pasadena Blood gang members opened fire on trick-or-treating teenagers returning from a party, killing three and wounding three others. The gang members were soon arrested, and police determined they had fired at the wrong people, randomly shooting up a group of kids rather than their intended targets. Three Bloods were found guilty of the shootings. The Murder of Martha Moxley The night before Halloween, 1975, Connecticut teenager Martha Moxley left her house to attend a neighborhood party. Her body was found the next morning beneath a tree in her own backyard brutally beaten by a golf club. Twenty-five years went by until Michael Skakel, who was also 15 at the time, 
was arrested, charged, and convicted of her murder. The case drew worldwide attention since Seiko was a nephew of Robert F. Kennedy's widow. Because of his family's wealth, he had lived in and out of rehab for alcohol, trying out for the Winter Olympics and flunking out of multiple schools. Seiko's alibi seemed bizarre, that he had been masturbating under the tree earlier the same night, accounting for DNA found on the body, but that he had no connection to the crime. He had a letter written on his behalf by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and after numerous appeals was given a new trial in 2012 due to a prosecutor's misconduct, misconduct in a poor defense. He is currently out on bail, waiting for a new trial to start. The Murder of Peter Fibano Los Angeles hairstyle Stylist Peter Fabano was shot dead on Halloween night, 1957. He opened his door for what he thought was a trick-or-treater, but was actually a grown-up in costume. The adult shot Fabino in the chest with a 22 in a brown paper bag before fleeing the scene. Several weeks later, Goldson Pizzer and Joan Rebell were arrested in what turned out to be a deftly plotted crime of passion. Pizzer was friends with Rebell, and Rebell was also apparently in love with Fabino's wife, Betty. The two women conspired to get Peter out of the equation, and Rebell bought a gun for Pizzer to shoot Peter with. The arrest kicked off a firestorm of lurid coverage as lesbians were seen as abnormal monsters with murderous urges. The two pleaded guilty to the murder and served long prison terms. The Taylor Van Dyst Murder On Halloween 2011, Taylor Van Dyst was leaving a party in the small town of Armstrong, Canada. She never came home, and was found beaten to death near a set of railroad tracks. Her death traumatized the town, especially after it was revealed she'd sent a text to her boyfriend before the attack, saying she was being creeped on. Police eventually used DNA from under Taylor's fingernails to arrest Matthew Forster for carrying out the murder, and his father, Stephen, for helping him cover it up. The Murder of Marvin Brandland Fort Dodge, Iowa resident Marvin Brandland and his wife were handing out candy to trick-or-treaters in 1982 when a man wearing a mask came to their door. He said, Trick-or-treat, give me your money or I'll shoot. The Brandlins thought it was a Halloween prank and tried to move, remove the man's mask. Instead, he barged into the house and pulled out a gun, demanding the couple give him all the money they had stashed in their basement safe. Marvin made a grab for the masked man's gun, and the robber shot Marvin in the throat. He then ran away but left the mask behind. In the years that followed, Marvin's wife died, 
and the mask was tested for DNA evidence, as virtually nobody knew about the safe. Suspicion fell on the Brandlands family, and a family member did brag about committing the robbery, but there's never been enough evidence to charge him. The Death of Chris Jenkins Chris Jenkins was a 21-year-old student at the University of Minnesota who was last seen leaving a downtown Minneapolis bar on Halloween night 2002. Four months later, his body was discovered in the Mississippi River, still wearing his Halloween costume. Since Chris was intoxicated that night, and his cause of death appeared to be drowning, authorities initially believed his death was either an accident or a suicide. But his parents refused to believe this and pressed for more of a thorough investigation. Finally, in 2006, the death was reclassified as a suicide. As a murder. Sorry. Police claimed that an incarcerated suspect told them he was present when Chris was murdered, then thrown off a bridge into the river. While the story is credible, there's never been enough evidence to file charges. However, one possible theory is that Chris Jenkins could have been the victim of a mysterious, unsolved smiley face murders. These bizarre killings involved approximately 40 male college students in the United States who all died of drowning in some of the cases, and an unexplained smile face graffiti was found near the body of water where the victims turned up. While no smiley face graffiti was ever found in connection to Chris Jenkins' death, this scenario does have a number of similarities to the killings. It remains unsolved. The Disappearance of Cindy Song Penn State grad student Cindy Song disappeared after living a party on Halloween night, 2001. She'd been dropped off at her apartment and had gone inside, but no one saw her after that, and no trace of her has ever been found. The case has been taken at a number of bizarre twists. And for a while, the investigation focused on one man named Hugo Marcus Selinsky. Selinsky had been arrested after five corpses were found in his backyard. A police informant linked Selinsky to another man and to Cindy, claiming the duo had kidnapped, raped, and murdered her. To make things even wilder, the other man named in the kidnapping was found dead in Selinsky's backyard. More bodies have been found there, but none have been proven to be Cindy. The case remains open. So there we have it, my beautiful friends. Some very scary murders that happened on what is supposed to be the scariest night of the year. So much love goes out to all these families and any that were affected. It's always so terrible but an interesting read for sure. If you are into trying to win this contest, guys, don't forget, please email me your story or your MP3, whatever you want to call it, to selena at thehauntedestate.com, our Facebook page, or Instagram. This is something you're not going to want to miss. Or go online, purchase your tickets, fairfarm.ca, for the best night you'll ever have. Until next time, my loves, stay creepy.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.